0: Everyone is trying to pitch us a product, the secret sauce, you know, and we're trying to use someone else's personality to make this product work for us. And it took me, I mean, no joke, this is embarrassing, it took me 11 years to figure it out. And I, was, I wasn't like a terrible agent, I was okay, but I was just trying to do different things over and over.
1: The Real Estate Sessions is brought to you by FIRST. FIRST knows that a real estate professional's most valuable asset is their relationships. A strong personal network is the moat that can guard against any industry disruption. But there is never enough time to nurture your network the way you want to. FIRST powers top agents with artificial intelligence to spotlight the people who are most likely to sell. This brings focus and attention to make important connections when it matters most. Learn more and request a free demo at FIRST.io.
0: Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions podcast where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice for real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hey
1: everybody, welcome to episode 168 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As I always say, thank you so much for tuning in. Really thank you for telling a friend and it's how we continue to grow and. And I I love doing this. I I thought it would only last 10 episodes. Here we are at 168. So we'll see how far we can take this thing. And and this week, it's one of my favorite types of guests. I I have people who have been on the show or people that I know will say, you have got to talk to this person. And that's the sort of interview I get today. And after doing some research on Amit Buddha of Compass down in the Miami area, I can see why Anthony Malafrante recommended Amit. Amit, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. It's so great to be here today. Well, I we both share a mutual friend. I mentioned his name, Anthony Malafrante. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a really tough question because I know he'll listen. But give give me three words
0: that best describe Anthony. You know, with Anthony, it, that question is really easy. So my three words for describing Anthony would be the perfect friend. Ah, very nice. I like that. And I, I you know, the
1: here's the thing. I um. I think there are like probably hundreds of people that might say the same thing, right? Totally. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit later about how you and Anthony know each other, uh, but let's let's I like starting at the beginning. And so um your family moved to Florida when you were a child, right? So let's talk about that uh the excursion of your family kind of ending up in Florida. How where did they start? How did this all happen? Um and I'm and I'm I think you were fairly young, so I'm not sure you have a massive recollection, but if you do, was it exciting? Was it kind of scary? Talk about it.
0: Yeah, so um I was born in India. I lived there nine months. Um, My father is a doctor. Well, he's retired now. So he's a physician and he moved to, um, to England and we all did when I was nine months. We lived there until I was four years old. I had a uncle that lived in California. He's an aeronautical engineer. And he kept telling my dad, we need to move to the US. We need to move to the US. And eventually we came and it it turned out to be Miami rather than California. That's where we were able to, my dad was able to get a job. And it was incredible. Even though I was four years old, I noticed everything that was beautiful about Miami, the weather, just the people in general. And my first memory is basically at a McDonald's eating a Big Mac, you know, and thinking it was a wonderful hamburger. So those are my memories as a child. I got a follow-up question for that. Will you
1: still occasionally enjoy a Big Mac? Occasionally? Yeah, pro-
0: yeah, probably more than occasionally. So, so yeah. Well,
1: so, next time, uh, whenever we, we finally meet in person, maybe it will be at a McDonald's because I have to I share the same story. Not the best story to share, actually. But yeah, sometimes it just hits the spot. I, I don't know what to tell you. Talk about growing up in Miami. Then, so you you're uh, you go through you know your elementary, junior high, high school. You know Miami's there's lots of different parts of Miami, right? Talk yeah, about, talk about totally. where you grew up versus say
0: South Beach or downtown. Okay, so when when we moved to Miami, I guess we actually moved to Miami Beach, and we lived here until I was seven years old, and then we moved to Miami, which is further south. So Miami Beach, obviously, there's water and all that. And where I grew up, there wasn't water. We were probably about, I would say, 20 minutes from South Beach. And I'm 49 years old. So back then, it wasn't South Beach. You know, it was just Miami Beach. And it changed completely. So growing up in Miami was really, really nice. It was, I don't know for all the people that are listening to um, the podcast, if they've ever seen Leave It to Beaver, but it was like Leave It to Beaver. You know, there were neighborhoods, everyone was friends. We'd sleep over each other's houses we would have one block against the other block playing softball playing football it was it was a great time uh, yeah, i yeah i wouldn't equate i don't
1: think of the cleavers growing up in miami but i get it now i get what you're saying it's just a, it was a regular neighborhood that uh, everybody kind of knew each other and everyone took care of each other right yes exactly yeah so as you get older you uh, you actually you attend uh, florida international university right down there in the miami area study business and finance i'm just going to guess that real estate wasn't on your radar because for like 95% of this podcast, real estate's not the first job. Am I right?
0: Yeah, 100%. So my 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 goal was to become a stockbroker, like and go to New York, be a stockbroker and do that for a living. And so when you got out of school, it's, what was your first job? So it, it's sort of a funny story because I went to FIU Florida International University, and I graduated with a friend of mine, and we both finished a business at that time, and um, this was a while ago, so this was like 92, and we were looking for jobs, but pretty much since we were young, we graduated, we weren't really doing much, we weren't really working, and my friend saw an ad, it said, salespeople wanted, college degree required, um, guaranteed salary for eight weeks, and long story short, we both went there, and we found out it was to sell cars. And we're like, we went to college to sell cars. But we ended up taking the job. And we figured at least eight weeks, we're going to get paid instead of just going to lunch every day. And I was there 11 years. I was a, I was a car salesman for you know a few years. And then I became a sales manager and finance manager. And it was a great part of my life because I was... It opened me up. It got me better at relationships and um, just everything. It helped me a ton in life. I can imagine. I mean, let's let's go back to high school for you. Were you that outgoing
1: kid? Were you kind of uh, the one that knew everybody, or were you a little more, you know, kind of uh, kind of not introvert, but you know, kind of leaning more that way?
0: So, like, I was very shy until I was in eleventh grade. Before then, I was extremely shy. 11th, 12th, I started opening up a bit. So going
1: into sales, especially cars, I mean, you had to, like you said, you had to be forming relationships like the first second you met somebody.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, my job as a sales manager, I was the guy that when people are at the dealership and they're there forever, and then they see the salesman coming back with that guy, I'm that guy that needs to get them to pay more get get them to like me, pay more and um give me a perfect score and I need to do it immediately. So it was great training. Wow, I I uh maybe off the podcast. I've got some questions
1: for you about some of the processes that go on behind closed doors at a car dealership. That, that there's a there's a book or something there, right?
0: Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure.
1: <I'd> love <laughs> to share that with yeah. you. All right, cool. So, what was that moment? What happened? Usually there's some kind of event or a trigger that that leads guests from the podcast into the real estate
0: world. What was that for you? Yeah. So as a sales manager, that was was my last position at the dealership. And I probably did that, I don't know, about three or four years before that I, I was a finance manager. But we worked so many hours. I would work 70 to 80 hours a week. And it was like really, really high stress. So at that time, it was at a Ford dealership. And at that time, there was over 4,000 Ford dealerships in the US, which is much different than today. And we were in the top 70. So we we sold a ton of cars. But with that, with that being said, I worked so many hours, I would work 70 to 80 hours a week. And it would be like, I would go to work some, some days at eight and get home at 11pm, eight in the morning to 11pm. So I just got burnt out. I, I wasn't exercising, I got in worse shape. And I was missing all these family events. And yeah, I got burnt out of it. And I took some time off. And then one day I thought, you know what, um, since I was selling a big ticket item as a car, and I was able to develop relationships with a lot of people, um, customers, I figured um, real estate would be a good avenue to go. And so you start
1: off with
0: Cobalt Banker. Is that where you, uh, your first brokerage? Yeah, it was. So this was back in uh, 2003. And with with Coldwell banker it was it was good because i thought uh, you know I thought I knew sales I was good at um, getting people i guess closing people and doing all that but what i didn't realize was that selling cars is much different and closing people to do um, you know to to purchase something is so much different than actually prospecting to get new business so Coldwell Banker was good at teaching me real estate, but I was still I wasn't sure how to attract business. So I tried many different things with that. So
1: prospecting, you're right, is a massive part of being a realtor. Whereas I imagine at a car dealership, a lot of that's done by the marketing on a national level. And you have people just walking in all day long, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think one of my successes with the car business was back in the day, there was no Facebook or there was no social media. And I was pretty good at like, if it, if i sold you even if it was a used car like two years ago i would every day i would look to see whose birthday it was and so it would be like um hi bill this is ahmed i'm not sure if you remember me but i sold you your car two years ago they'll be like yeah hey how's it going how's life and then if they said like hey you know what we're thinking about selling our car i would tell them you know what we can't talk about that today today is just to make sure that I wish you a happy birthday, have a great day. And if you ever want to do business, we can do that on another day, but not today. So because of that, I was able to have genuine relationships and um it, it helped a lot. But like you said, it was very difficult because with car dealerships, they did most of the advertising and they didn't really teach us how to do that. So it, it was it was pretty different going into real estate. So
1: somewhere, obviously, as as we're going to continue this story, you become very good at prospecting and you become very good at the real estate side of things. So was there a mentor or was there someone that helped you figure that part out? How did you how did you accomplish that?
0: Yeah, so it took me a while because one of the things with agents is everyone is trying to pitch us a product, the secret sauce, you know, and we're trying to use someone else's personality to make this product work for us. And it took me, I mean, no joke, this is embarrassing. It took me 11 years to figure it out. And I was, I wasn't like a terrible agent. I was okay, but I was just trying to do different things over and over. And then, so what turned me around is basically it's when I met, um, Anthony. We both belong to this marketing affiliate. It's called Curator. And they taught us to look at our business completely differently than what I was used to doing. Uh, basically, Curator is a company that teaches you how to brand yourself. And by branding myself, I looked at myself as basically a startup business and doing whatever I could to improve my business rather than doing the, you know, the basic things that most agents do, um, calling Fisbos, expireds. And I did that for like four years and I was pretty good at it, but I didn't like it. And I think the main thing in real estate is you have to really love, enjoy what you do on a daily basis. Cause if you don't, it's gonna stop. It's sort of like it's sort of like when you when you eat well, are you gonna go on a diet or are you gonna change your lifestyle? So that's how I, I, I look at those two things.
1: Yeah, that's I mean it's Chris Smith and Jimmy Mack. and I've actually had Chris as a guest on the show. He's an amazing guy and and going through um you no, know, he's done some I don't want to call him pivots, but he's definitely Reevaluated, you know, and kept curator moving down a path, right, to success for everyone. So, I'm sure that uh, I know yeah. that you and Anthony both are huge fans of of what the, what what they're doing over there, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. And and like you said, yeah, they, they adjust with the market. You know, what's working today may not work in two years, and just being constantly aware of where people are going before they go there helps a great deal. Looking through your your kind
1: of your history you you did some work as an analyst for a new york hedge fund and i'm i'm wondering first of all what does that mean <laughs> and second <laughs> how, how did that opportunity come about well and you know what was your role there it's very interesting
0: so yeah so there was a company that was so this was back in the day when there were a lot of foreclosures a lot of short sales and the market was turning so they needed to get data because these hedge funds were buying tons of properties and they needed, they didn't want to just look at it on a national level and, and try and figure it out from New York. They wanted to meet a local agent. So they called the way I got the job is they called numerous agents and they, they just spoke to them on the phone. And I guess they liked what they heard with me because I did finance in college. I'm a numbers person and um, every month. So what it would, what my job was. Every month, I would look at the data of what happened that month and analyze it and then give them a report. And this was the residential side. It wasn't commercial. So it was telling about short sales, saying how the the, the direction the market's going, what what direction it's going to go in, condos, single family homes, just a bunch of data. Maybe it'll bore a lot of people. But for me, a numbers person, I was I was really into it. And it's Helped me quite a bit with my career because I could analyze data, uh, you know, much better than before. I'm going to say when you're sitting down
1: with that client, a potential customer who's an engineer, you're like right in the sweet spot, huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah. if they're an artist, I, I need to talk about something else. You got to, yeah, you got to, you got to figure that out quickly.
1: Yeah, that's that's important.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: You now, after you spent a few years with another company, but you have now landed at Compass, and you know Compass is is. A well-known operation now, really in the news a lot. What Robert Refkin's doing, you know, kind of all around the country with Compass has been really very interesting to follow. So let's talk about why Compass made sense for
0: you, where you were uh, in your career. Yeah, so I worked at Sotheby's for three years, roughly. And I love Sotheby's. It, it taught me, you know, I think in life, we, we do things, we meet people, we do different jobs, and it, it helps us at that time of our life. And Sotheby's, it helped me so much learning the luxury end. And for a couple of months, Compass recruited me. They asked me if I ever wanted to, you know, if I ever thought about changing. And at that moment, I did not want to leave Sotheby's. I did not. But what I thought is I should go on the interview just to see what my competition is doing. And I I was blown away with everything they've done, they did. And it just made sense. And out of every company I've ever worked in in my life, and like I said, I'm 49, so I've worked for a lot of companies. Compass is by far the the company I feel most proud
1: to work at. Talk about some of the things that they do a little differently. I, you know, I've seen first of all, I've seen the marketing material, and uh, it's there's nothing else like it, I, th- I think, in the industry. But can you share a couple of things that you know really excited? Oh.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It, it's funny because when people bring up Compass, they talk about marketing and they talk about technology. And although those things that they have are incredible, those aren't my favorite things about Compass. So I'll get, I'll tell you a few things that they do. Before they hire anyone, they speak to three people in the industry. And if those people do not give that person three thumbs up, they don't hire that person. And it doesn't matter whether um, they hire one in a thousand people. So the culture is really, really important, whether it's sales agent, whether it's a, it's an engineer marketing, they have this very strong culture. I sent them an agent that does over a hundred million a year. And they didn't hire that agent because they got two thumbs up instead of three. So the culture is, is. Incredibly important to them. Another thing that they have they have these different principles and sort of touching on what I just said, one of their principles is collaborate without ego so we're always sharing things you know we're all everyone it's like I went to a, basically a happy hour for compass last week and Robert Refkin was there so we had 150 to 200 people at this at this event. And I felt like almost like I was at my wedding because there were so many of my friends there, like everyone that was there, I I really enjoyed seeing. And just like at a wedding, you wanna speak to everyone, but you can't because the first person you you talk to, you wanna talk to the rest of the night. And when I saw people there and I'm talking to them just because they have the same culture, just because they collaborate without ego, every person that I spoke to, I could have spoken to the whole night and listened to them. And that's what I really love about Compass the most. It's just having that synergy um, amongst all of us. Another thing is they just introduced health insurance to us and deeply discounted health insurance, not health insurance that I'm going to pay the same, but they gave us actually real numbers. So in in Florida, family health insurance with, for my wife and I, on average, we're going to save 50.7%. Than what I was paying in the past, so those are just a couple things that I love about Compass. Yeah, they're they're definitely uh,
1: a, a new it is a new era <laughs> that they're they're kind of ushering in, and, and we'll see how the how the industry responds. Uh, you know, time will tell. So, um, right. I, I want to spend some time talking about you in particular. You, I, I really enjoyed because I love looking at websites. The word I have for your website is is uh, spectacular. I love um how involved you are with customers there um i mean the design's amazing talk about the was there was was there a source of inspiration for that site did you uh did you just create that was there a designer talk about that it's just
0: beautiful yeah thank you so much so so again with curator they they help us with our websites and they have different programs so one of the things that i, I identify with a lot and this is what helped me probably the most in my career as a real estate agent was to think as a customer and not as an agent. I mean, most of our advertising as agents, and I was guilty of this in the past, is we tell everyone how great we are. We don't tell how great the customer is too many times. And so I, I tried to change the perspective and make make basically the the customer the hero and me the guide. So there were a few inspiration things that helped me with the website so of course curator their design team they have a program called revamp and I was working with this person for eight weeks five days a week and it was it was a lot of work and there's this also there's this book called my story brand it's by an author named Donald Miller and basically his his message is to clarify the message so basically when we advertise, one of the things that we do incredibly wrong is we, we overcomplicate things. We don't, Any calls that having people burn mental calories. If we make things very easy for someone, they can digest it better and they can usually figure out what they want to do better. So those were the two things of inspiration I got for the website. Yeah, you're basically
1: saying don't try to be the smartest guy in the room. You know, and impress people with right. like, information. Yeah, pr- provide what they need and make it super simple to, to, to get to 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 kind of ask for the uh, whatever it is you're offering. Totally. Yeah. yeah, that's great. You talk a lot about family on your website, uh, and and a, your desire to serve customers. I, and I love those terms. How powerful those are. You talk about helping them find the joy that you have found. Right, which. Once again,
0: it's amazing. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna guess like there's probably a little bit of influence from mom and dad, maybe the way you were raised, because it's just amazing to to hear that coming from a realtor's website.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I mean it is. I, I'm so lucky, blessed to have my parents as well as the rest of my family and friends. And so with my parents, my dad, you know, he is eighty six years old and my mom is seventy-five. And he still opens the door for her every time she gets in the car. When he when he says goodbye, he'll give her a kiss. When her friends are there, she'll open the door. So all these manners, I, I've just once you see it, your whole life you get used to it. And I've been I've been really lucky to have you know them as as role models, as well as you know the rest of my family and friends. Right. So
1: let's let's dive uh, one more time a little little back into your business. Currently, you've been in the business a while now. Um, what percentage of your business is coming from, you know, your referral-based kind of sphere stuff versus, you know, the the lead generation that you're doing with the curator's help?
0: I would say probably about half and half because, and my lead generation is very different than the normal lead generation of doing a Zillow lead or, or calling for sale by owners or expireds. My lead generation is basically by creating content and building my brand, doing videos of local places, spending a ton of money on marketing. So the product is something that I'm proud of. And by doing that, people recognize it. And then I get calls from that. And a lot of times people will ask me, what is my return on investment with Curator? And it's so hard nowadays to talk about uh, return on investment ROI because I give them this example, in the past, I everyone has, as agents, we all have friends and relatives that know that we're agents, but many of them may not use us because for whatever reason, but with Curator, because they've trained me so well on making it um, consumer focused and spending the money to do the proper marketing, those people in the past that wouldn't use me, that were family and friends, now they feel, they don't, they feel like, they wouldn't be that smart if they didn't use me. So with that, lead generation is some of it, but it's also you know the my sphere is sort of getting lead generated by do my by the activities that I do as well.
1: It's like a blurring of the lines, right? It's not just cut and dried. There's constant loving on your database versus you know activities that lead generate that don't look like the traditional, I'm not uh, a pay-per-click and all this other stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Blurring the lines is a great way of putting it. Yeah. I love that idea. I'm I'm this massive believer that relationships are critical to success in real estate. And that's kind of exactly the path that
0: you're traveling down. Yeah. And based on you having podcasts, I would assume that that's sort of like yours as well. Uh, it is.
1: It absolutely is. I mean, I've, I've got a lot of people I can call around the country if I have a question. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> that's amazing. Works
1: out very well. So, Amit, I've had you here for uh, for the half hour I asked of your time. You're busy today. Let me ask you the same last question I've asked every guest on the show. And that is, if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent just getting
0: started, what would it be? So it would be to think as a customer. Don't make make the customer the hero, like I mentioned before. Don't make it you. And pretend you're that customer and think about their pain points daily. If they're a seller and their offer just gets accepted, think how they're going to think. What would they want to hear? If you're If you're a buyer and you just had an inspection and things weren't perfect, what would that person think? And if you think like that buyer or the seller, and you think you really spend time thinking about it, you're gonna your relationships will grow much, much stronger and you will do far better because of it. Ahmed, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the
1: best way for them to get a hold of you?
0: So they can go to my website. It's all in Miami. So A-L-L, like all, and then in and then
1: Miami.com. Ahmed, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um, continued success. And like I said, it's it was really a pleasure kind of seeing the things you've created. And your your really this all-consuming focus on
0: on the consumers just a, a really pl- a pleasure to to watch. Thanks so much. It was great being here. Thank you.